Welcome to the world in 10. Uh, Eleanor? Yes? Do you you know we're recording, don't you? Yeah, I mean, do do you not think that maybe just today we call it the Trump in nine and then maybe a minute of other stuff? (laughs) Okay, sure. I mean, today is going to be a little bit different from normal because there's so much to say about the fallout from Trump's arrest and court appearance, and that's going to be our main focus. Yeah, usually, of course, this is your daily comprehensive roundup of the global news agenda. Uh, What we can promise, though, even today, is that this is the latest as seen by the correspondents and writers at the Times of London in just 10 minutes. We should probably introduce ourselves. I'm Toby Gillis. And I'm Eleanor Shearwood. Just in case you missed it. Our country is going to hell. No, 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 that's not the headline. Of course, the story we're talking about is the fact that Trump appeared in court yesterday. Now, we knew this was going to happen. So what's new? Well, he was charged with 34 counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. The Times' Will Pavia was there. It's a very sort of humdrum, rather drab looking sort of room. Paint peeling on the ceiling, these sort of old wooden kind of wainscoting. And we're all sort of sat there and... And then Trump's lawyers come in and then the sort of door opens and there he is. And it's it's just a very strange thing to see the former president of the United States walking down the aisle into the well of the court. Now, obviously, Trump pleaded not guilty to all of the charges he faces and then quickly flew back to his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. And in true Donald Trump fashion, made a speech. Of course, he declared himself the victim of election interference and insulted, well, pretty much everybody involved. The special prosecutor he branded a lunatic. Another he described as a racist in reverse. He then took aim at the Manhattan DA, the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, calling him a criminal. And then what about the judge? One merchant he called Trump-hating. But we're sure you already know most of that, so let's dive into the Times' take on it all, shall we? Let's start by pointing out that in the US, criminal cases, only about 2 to 3% go to trial. But the feeling is that unless Donald Trump wins a motion to dismiss... This one will. And that's because this is Donald Trump. He has little to lose, but also he's not in the business of giving up. The trial could start as early as January 2024. So, of course, that means he could be in court while primaries are starting to choose the Republicans nominee for the presidential election. Although some people say that potentially this trial may end up being pushed to as late as 2029, by which point he might have become president again and finished a second term. Will Pavier again. He also told us this puts a lot of Republicans in quite a tricky position. You can sort of imagine the Republicans might decide, well, actually, he's got too much baggage and we've got someone else who's just as good or just as charismatic. Or the Republicans do decide to pick him anyway. But then it's a much harder calculus for, for the general election where, where the sort of all the independents are much less possibly keen on electing someone with, who's been convicted of a, a crime. The key question is, what does this all mean politically? Well, essentially, it seems at this moment in time that Trump supporters from within the Republican Party are not prepared to desert him. Well, that's his supporters who are obviously quite vocal. But there are plenty in the party who would rather they went in a different direction. 
But even they're publicly backing him over this specific issue, as Trump's former director of communications, Brian Lanza, told us. This prosecution has led to the uniformity of the party behind Donald Trump. You've got statements from Mitt Romney, who voted to impeach Trump twice, who actively campaigned against him. He himself has said this prosecutor's gone too far. You've got Jeb Bush, who Donald Trump you know, annihilated and, and ended the political dynasty here in the United States, saying he's gone too far. I, you know, I think the Republican Party is standing firmly behind Trump because they see this similar to as the independent voters see this as a political witch hunt. So what's been confusing me is if you don't believe in Trump, but you're part of the Republican Party, why not just go out and say it, Eleanor? That's what I wondered as well. So I asked The Times Washington reporter Hugh Tomlinson exactly that, and his explanation makes complete sense. His rivals or anticipated rivals for the nomination in the the Republican primary are likely to include several members of his own administration, including former President Mike Pence, and they are just they are trying to sort of walk a fine line, trying to avoid alienating Trump's support base, without which I think nobody feels they could win the nomination. The thing about this is, is that even if he does go on to win the primary, that is, to become the Republican candidate for the mm-hmm. election, there are concerns, certainly within the party, that he won't appeal to the wider electorate, especially to the key floating voters who generally determine who becomes president. And that's been a real key question when speaking to lots of people here in the UK is how can someone facing criminal charges run the country? A lot of people just don't understand that. But as Hugh told me, this doesn't end here. This was always seen as, if not frivolous, the least weighty of the investigations against him. The Department of Justice investigations into January 6th and the Mar-a-Lago documents are far more serious if and when they land. It may well be the case that Trump proves too divisive for swing voters at a general election. So some of his rivals are probably hoping that another big one comes and then the whole situation is completely different. Yeah, and what we should point out as well, and this has been mentioned repeatedly in the Times today, is that no matter what happens with these charges specifically he will be able to stand for re-election. There's no doubt about that. And I just want to point out David Charter, the Times US editor's piece today, and a quote from that. He says, not even a conviction or jail sentence can stop an American citizen from running for president. But there is one exception. The 14th Amendment to the Constitution prohibits anyone who has previously taken an oath of office from holding public office again if they have engaged, and this is the key quote, in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. So for those opposing him the only one that could prevent him standing from re-election again is the ones relating to january 6th we are well aware that trump is not the only thing happening in the world so here are some of the other stories the times has been covering now firstly king charles's coronation is drawing ever closer but he must have just assumed people would be free because he's only just sent the invite i'm still waiting for mine eleanor well i hope you get one because they are gorgeous head over to the times website to have a look they're colorful got these amazing elegant borders but there is something that's made news about it isn't there eleanor mm-hmm. and that's that queen camilla the full title queen camilla has been used in an official capacity for the first time rather than Queen Consort. 
Also today, a story that endlessly fascinates me. The new list of the richest people in the world. And it's no longer Elon Musk. No, he's tweeted his way to a $39 billion (laughs) loss, apparently. uh, And it's now only worth, I say only, $189 billion. Ever heard of Bernard Arnault? Who? Yeah, precisely. But uh, he and his family are now the richest. They own luxury firms like Louis Vuitton, Christian Dior and Tiffany and are well clear at the top of the table with a mere $211 billion. Spot the sports journalist. (laughs) Speaking of which, you're going to tell us about the Masters again, aren't you? Yeah, very nice segue there, Eleanor. It is impossible to avoid the Masters in the Times at the moment and you need to read the chief sports writer Owen Slott's piece on Tiger Woods and his mentality in particular. He made the cut last year, 14 months after that famous now car crash. Another year on, he's still on one leg, but he admits there's only one thing still driving him. The overall desire to win, I've always worked at it and and believed in what I could do and I've been stubborn and driven to come back and be able to play at a high level. And we'll find out how Woods does when the Masters begins tomorrow. I'd like to clearly state that no money's been handed over to foreign editor Mike Smith to get him to speak to me today, or ever indeed. Uh, Mike, the world does continue to rotate away from Donald Trump, so what can our listeners read in The Times over the next 24 hours? Well, Spain is gripped by the saga of one of their best-known TV presenters. The 68-year-old woman had a child through surrogacy uh, a few weeks ago. It's now emerged the child is actually her granddaughter. The gossip magazines there are agog with the revelation that, in fact, the child uh, is the product of sperm from her dead son. The woman in question says that she desperately wanted her son to finally have the child he dreamed of, even though he's now dead. As a result, she has become the child's grandmother and mother in some senses at the same time. And that's all for today's World in 10. Do tune in tomorrow when normal service will be resumed. 